Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. I don't know if you've lost a parent yet. I have. Uh, but if you haven't, it will happen one day. And whenever it does happen, or if it's happened already, you will spend the rest of your life trying to keep a connection, trying to retain a connection with them, or establish one that never was, or reestablish one that you didn't get the chance to. And you'll try to do that through the story that you share with that person. The problem is our memories are completely flawed. And those bits that you have to make up that story will fade. Even the strongest connection that you have, if you grew up with a great parent and you were very close and there wasn't any darkness in in the house, (laughs) you know, that connection will still fade. And it's important, and I am working to help people now to capture those stories to help immortalize those people that mean so much to our stories, to our journeys. Earlier this year, I watched a film, an 18-minute documentary that, that, that knocked my socks off, and I'll be honest, it had me kind of an emotional wreck. I am not the only one, and that film was created by my guest today. What's up, storytellers? Welcome back to the Storytelling Lab. My name is Rain Bennett. I am your host, and this is episode 129. Today, my guest is Troy Biedenbach, and Troy is a first-time filmmaker who lost his father when he was seven. Now that he's a young man in his 20s, he's realizing that he didn't even understand or comprehend the way that he missed his father because you go on with life when you experience loss like this and you just put one foot in front of the other and things kind of end up taking a normal a normal path and trajectory and your day-to-day sometimes it's it's easy to forget 
maybe not forget, but you just don't think about it. It's not in the forefront of your mind, but it bubbles up. Let me tell you, I promise you, it bubbles up when you least expect it, especially at turning points in your life when that person that you love, in this case a parent, would have really been uh, involved. So Troy is about to get married, or he is married now, but in this time in his life, he's graduated school, he's starting his career, he's about to get married, and he just starts realizing this gap that is in his life, in his heart, in his story. And so he goes on a journey to make his first documentary film, trying to reestablish that connection and learn who his father was through, this is the coolest part, through the different surfboards that his father shaped, that's what he did for a living and a passion, through the different surfboards that he had shaped over the years and the people that he had left those surfboards to. So what a cool, cool angle to approach this when you're trying to understand your father as you do it through the things that he created. And let me tell you, it worked. It worked so well. And I first found Troy on TikTok because he was promoting the film, uh, which is now released on YouTube. And since I watched it, it had over 100,000 views. You must go see it. I will put the link in the show notes. It's free to watch. Uh, but I just saw interviews with people talking about a friend they lost which was his father, and just in like 30 seconds, you're just like in tears, and all the comments were the same way. I'm so proud of him for diving into such a heavy topic. I've written a book that will probably never see the light of day about the loss of my father, that it was just my personal journey. Troy was vulnerable enough and courageous enough to put it out to the world, and the world is responding. You will want to see this movie, but first you will want to listen to this conversation. So here's my conversation with Troy Biedenbaugh, and I hope that you love it. Welcome to the Storytelling Lab, where we break down how to get to the heart of your story and the hearts of your audience to leave the greatest impact possible. And now here's your host, award-winning filmmaker and writer, Rain Bennett. What's up, my beautiful people? Welcome to another episode of the Storytelling Lab, where we help you break down the art and science of storytelling. My name is Rain Bennett. I am your host, and my job is to help you deepen your connections, increase your sales, and serve your audiences better. Every Tuesday morning, I send out a quick storytelling tip to my newsletter subscribers. I show you techniques I've learned along my journey and used in my own stories, as well as those of my clients. But most importantly, I leave you with tangible takeaways that you can apply to your brand storytelling immediately. Oh, well, actually, more importantly than that, it's free. If this would help you, sign up for the newsletter at rainbennett.com slash weekly storytelling tips. I know a lot of the listeners to the show are public speakers or they want to become public speakers, but the problem that many experienced and aspiring professional speakers face is that they simply don't have the time to grow their business the way they would like. And look, I get it. I've been there. Maybe you're there right now. That's why I started using the team at Virtual Campfires to provide me with leads to events and conferences that are a good fit for my message. So they send me all the relevant details I need to immediately reach out and start a conversation with those decision makers. And they've worked with hundreds of speakers to provide tens of thousands of event leads, and it's easy to see why. Outsourcing this time-consuming step has saved me hours and hours of scanning Google and lets me go faster towards my goal of more events, more audiences, and more impact. 
All you need to do is email leads at virtualcampfires.com to see how their lead subscription business can help you the same way it's helped me. Again, that's leads at virtualcampfires.com. Let them help you tell more great stories and get paid for it. Troy, my friend, my new friend, welcome to the show. Yeah, thank you for having me. Super pumped to be here. Uh, man, I, I appreciate you saying that. I hope it's I hope it's sincere. Um, <laughs> I saw a um, I saw one of your TikTok videos recently that I think that you had a similar like an interview about it, and you seem to be genuinely uh, excited uh, by just being able to talk about this thing that you created that you love. Um, how? First of all, I just want to kind of get a grasp on like how you're feeling about all of this, you know, you went out and created this. We're going to get to the story of creating this, but I'm curious, like what's going on in your day to day now? Like, what does it feel like to, to, to tell an emotional story like this, have it done and have it be so well received. I see the stitches and the duets on, on, on TikTok. I see you growing there. It's got to feel good, but I want to hear your experience. Yeah, it's definitely been ever since I released it, just, a very emotional journey. <laughs> I mean, I guess from the start, you know what I mean? Yeah. Because um, a little bit of background about the film, it's all about me discovering who my dad was mm -hmm. uh, 20 years after he passed away. And I, I did this through the surfboards that he shaped and left behind to his close friends and family. And so, yeah, I didn't know much about my dad. And when I started this journey, I was like, <laughs> you know, I didn't know what I would discover. And I actually say that in the film. Um, but for it to be so well received by so many people, <laughs> um, it was just, it's just a blessing. Um, and like, yeah, like you said, there's been just so many authentic, thoughtful reactions to it. Um, and conversations started because of it. So I'm just really grateful. <laughs> yeah, man, you should be, but you should also be really proud because it's a hell of a film and, and I watched it and I, like many of the people I imagine I mean, I was extremely moved. I lost my dad in 2007 and I did know my dad and I have a different version of that story, but dude, it's, it, it hits on, on all of that. And, you know, the folks listening who are regulars to the show understand that storytelling is all about empathy, right? Understanding what someone else is going through and why I think, I mean, it's not why I think it's, it's pretty matter of fact. The reason it is resonating with people is because one, they either empathize because they have, like me, experienced a similar loss or maybe didn't know their parent either. Or two, they know and love their parents and it makes them think about when that moment comes. And so you're touching on mm -hmm. such a primitive, you know, like psychological experience for people that we've always struggled to 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 navigate right and so this is something that everybody can relate to regardless of if they're in the surfing community or not right regardless of mm -hmm. if any of the surface level aspects of the story resonate with them right it's the emotional journey and man it's it was profound it's also a really big task i'm a filmmaker as well a, a documentary mm -hmm. filmmaker and I, I know what it takes to 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 go on that journey right mm -hmm. Yeah. And even complete that journey. And, <laughs> and so, <Yes. laughs> right. Uh, so I'm really curious, like there was a point when you were like, this is what I'm going to do. This is, this is how I'm going to do it. Like, 
Walk me through that decision because, I mean, it was several decisions, I imagine. But at one point it was like, no, nah, that hunch I had, like that thought I was dreaming about the other night, I'm actually going to do it. Maybe you told people that and, you know, made it a real thing. But what yeah. ultimately made you commit? That's a great question. Yeah, I think what ultimately led me to commit, I was, I was at a time in my life where I was starting to develop like a passion for like documentary filmmaking. And I'm like, you know, what are the stories I have access to right, right now? You know what I mean? Um, and so after some, like for a year or so, uh, quick backstory, I got married, moved to Florida. Uh, and then I started surfing again. And then it was about that time where like thoughts of my dad started to come back and resurface and I'm like what are these thoughts like I was seven years old when this happened and um, so it was just really strange how uh, grief works like that but anyway so yeah I was just like you know I have these I have these boards a lot of we can get into this later but a lot of what I try to look look at as as far as like a documentary film goes is like is there a physical journey and a metaphysical journey Mm. Um, so the physical journey was I had these boards to then use as a, as a device to get back to these, uh, people that, um, my dad knew. And so that was like one really cool thing I had. And then obviously the, the metaphysical journey being my own emo emotional journey into learning, uh, who my dad was. And so like, you know, with the help of like a mentor and stuff, you, like the encouragement of a mentor he's like yeah you, you gotta make this film and so that's ultimately what led to my decision um so i think that's pretty uh i think that's pretty profound you're gonna go places troy uh that's a <laughs> that's a beautiful way to view it man it honestly is and you're also kind of starting i like how you still from a filmmaker's perspective kind of started with like the robert rodriguez like what do i have access to like what stories yeah. do i have right here <laughs> uh but that that approach to is there a compelling physical journey and metaphysical journey mm -hmm. i haven't heard it put in those words like that yeah i totally get what you mean and that's really profound man that's uh that's gonna sit with me for a while i think that's mm. really smart but also like such a, a a good approach and you know you bring the audience along the ride of both essentially but it's the metaphysical one that is that's the real story <clears throat> at least as, as, as yeah. far as i'm concerned uh just were you about to say something yeah i can't take too much credit for it because i i've learned a lot of almost everything i know from this guy named mark bone and um his creative partner they started this thing called art of documentary right um yeah. it's, a, it's a great community i know you've seen me posting about it quite a few okay. times um but yeah once like um i started consuming mark's content and stuff mm. when i heard that specific thing um it literally changed the entire way i think about just story structure and what i look for in films now um because if it's missing one of the two you'll always you know you ever you ever get to the end of a film and you're like yeah it was good i think but there's just something missing yeah um yeah and i you, it ultimately comes down to one of those two things was probably missing in the film but yeah anyways well, I mean, uh, there's a lot I have to ask now. Uh, so, mm -hmm. yes, I know that feeling. And it's because you weren't moved emotionally, right? Like something wasn't changed inside of you. It's funny. Right before we or an hour or two ago, uh, I can't say too much, but I'm working on a startup uh, right cool. now that it is that is in the I want to talk to you 
outside of this about it cool. because it <clears throat> aligns with what you do and what you've done with this film in a variety of ways. But it's in mm. the storytelling and, and uh, space and specifically uh, in video. And so we're interviewing um, people for uh, chief product officer. Cool. And the question that the first question he had for me today was like, what makes a film a great film? And my mm. knee jerk response was, well, it's one that that moves you emotionally. Like, sure, if the yeah. special effects like in Avatar are like uh, amazing and, 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 and uh, groundbreaking or if the cinematography is so great. Yes, of course, all these things. But I think that the, the first thing is, is that it has moved you shifted something inside of you emotionally. And I think that plays to the, to the point that, that, uh, that you just said. Yeah. Uh, and I think, yeah, that well, I will... go Oh, ahead. go ahead. No, you yeah. Go ahead. I, th I think, um, a lot of it is like the obstacles. If mm -hmm. those obstacles, the character is facing, if that can relate to an audience. Totally. Um, yeah, and it, it just hits on a and a can lot of what you said. and can the death of a parent uh, be related to by people? Yeah, all of totally. everyone in yeah, the yeah, audience. Yeah, 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 hundred percent. So uh, even though you kind of like fell on the sword for us on that one, it's it was it was a good choice because man, we all we all know that or will know that or think about that, right? That's you're not even really alienating anyone. Yeah. Um, real quick about Mark because we talk a lot uh, on the show. In fact past two episodes but the the two episodes ago so that uh our episode 124 was with steven pressfield and the title of that one was the life-changing power of mentors we talk a lot about mentors so i think it's important mm. i don't want to like skirt past that and i think and i have questions to ask you about the art of uh, documentary because i know that's been helpful like they put it out on their youtube channel and, yep. and that's probably helped it get a lot of the views that it that it did that partnership is important but let's talk mm -hmm. about that 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 mentor specifically uh briefly like how did that come about how did that mentorship and that connection come about yeah i think i i, I think i um i kind of pride myself on it because i discovered mark's channel or i guess <laughs> i guess the youtube algorithm helped me discover it. um when he was at like really low subscriber count probably like ten thousand or less now he's at like two hundred thousand plus mm -hmm. um and i was like wow this guy really knows what he's talking about so i just started watching all of his videos Later found out that he has a, an academy or whatever. Joined that. Um, and then from there, obviously, I consumed all the content, learned a lot, and then was able to apply it to the film. Um, but then I was like, you know, I need some one-on-one -on -one help with this. Because I, so essentially what happened was I got it to a rough cut position. Mm -hmm. um, and then I booked a call, like a one-on-one -on -one call with Mark. I showed it to him. And he just really, really enjoyed it. Um and then ultimately he actually came on as an executive producer of the film, helped me like fund it towards the end, um, like post production. And then also just kind of provide like story consulting um, mm -hmm. and me yeah, mentorship, if you will. Um, and yeah, it was just like the best thing I could have done. I think, I think a lot of people um, they'll get towards the end of the film and then they'll want to release it so fast that they, they just put it out. Um, which is fine. You know, you hear the bat, like, um, you know, a, a finished film's better than not a finished film. So kudos to whoever can do like finish anything. It's, um, but I think filmmakers should, you know, take that a step far further to be like, okay, I got a rough cut that I, I could be happy posting with, but really take a second to get feedback from people who are much more experienced and better than you. Um, 
and you have to when you do this you have to be okay with it like okay for example i i showed mark the rough cut in i think april and then my film like i, I was ready to post the film in may yeah, i was yeah. like oh yeah i'll get a few notes and then i'll i'll make them and but then a lot of things happen and then ultimately i ended up releasing it in like i think it was october september october yeah. Yeah. Um, so you, you just really, when you're making a film, you have to commit fully to the process. And I say that, all that to say. That six months doesn't matter, except that Mm-mm. it does in the positive light, right? Like, yes, it, it doesn't matter in terms of what you were thinking. It was like, I just want to get it out there. Like, it's a blip, right? And and six months, yep. people will still be there. But also, it was probably better because it, it I mean, I'm just spitballing. I don't even know the store, the mm-hmm. back story here, but like, you could have kept uh, iterating or making it better. Uh, you could have done your marketing during that point. I mean, there's a, there's a reason why Hollywood films are created. And then there's like a year of the marketing campaign. Right. So mm-hmm. um, I had a very exactly. similar journey on my first feature doc mm-hmm. where I had, I've talked about this before too, when you build in public. So I had done a crowdfunding campaign to, to start the project. So I had people uh, all over the world. Cause it was kind of a global uh, doc that were like, I say hounding me. I felt hounded. They weren't hounding me, but like, yeah, I felt the pressure from them, right? Like, where is this? They didn't understand what I was building. And this is something that takes years. Mm-hmm. Um, they were expecting it like in three months. And I kept trying to make it better and better. Like what you're talking about. And I had a mentor. He was a writer for vanity fair and men's health, like legit, like he was a professional. And I felt mm-hmm. like I, I, I owed them to get it out and, and bring it out. And he was like, look, rain. He's like, it doesn't matter if it comes out this year. It could be two years from now, which it, to me at yes. that time was like absurd. Right. And he's like, and it doesn't matter because the point is to get it right and to do it right. And also if they're fans of it, like they'll be there, they will still be exactly. there to watch it. They might be grumbling now wanting to see it, but if they want to see it, they'll watch it in two years. He was a hundred percent. Right. Uh, you know, we eventually like licensed the film. It had a happy ending and, and, and all of that. But I, I, it took, I had to learn that from a mentor as well. It's such a good point that, that, uh, that you brought up. I'm glad, I'm glad that you did. Yeah. I think we put a lot of unneeded pressure on ourselves. Just get something out there. It's okay. Like, especially for your first few, like just get them out. Um, but once you reach a certain point and if you come like stumble across a story that you're like, okay, this is, this is something special. Get it right. Just. Yeah, be patient, get it right, and you know, commit to the for the long haul. Um, don't rush anything out, and do as much as you can to make it to make it better. I think uh, you know, back to Mark. Um, mm-hmm. Those those relationships and mentors, especially, are, are key. I mean, it's into whatever you're trying to build, whether it's a film or, or anything. If you're trying to go off on a project like this solo, like relationships are key. I also commend you for like being pushy and getting in there like that's that's <laughs> there's a lot to say about that as well mm. you know using what you have youtube instagram social media etc and linking up with people mm-hmm. um because you're gonna you're gonna you're gonna need them um yeah. what did it take you to actually execute this i mean did you were you able to raise any money was it your own like let's talk about logistics if someone yeah like how did you how did you do yeah so i guess there wasn't really a budget i kind of just saved up a few thousand dollars um for travel expenses Mm -hmm. um because like 
so I found Mark late in the process. So in sure. my mind, I was just like, it'll just be a self-funded doc. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll do as much as I can for as much as I have um, type of thing. So that was really more just like, um, I guess first was gathering the team. Um, you know, just find some friends that are passionate, that share a passion with you about filmmaking, um, f- friends you can trust. And um, that's what I did. So I, you know, I teamed up with two of my buddies. Um, we, you know, drove from Florida to North Carolina. Um, and then, yeah, we filmed over a span of, I think, it was either four or five days in North Carolina. And then I went uh, with one of my buddies, one of the same guys, also to California a few months later. Um, that's the thing about making a short, you have unlimited time. Um, it's not a client project. So like you can, (laughs) you can space things out if you need to, it's really flexible. Um, so yeah, I just did the best with what I could, what I had. Um, and so that was really what started it. It wasn't like, you know, I, I go back and forth when I say this. Um, but like, especially for your first few projects, I see a lot of filmmakers, spending a lot of time and like worrying about how to raise money. Um, And I get it if you don't have like um, literally any money, you know what I mean? It depends on your situation. Thankfully for me, I have a, I have a wife. We have dual income, no kids, you know? (laughs) Um, So that's, that's great. Yeah. Yeah, We don't have many expenses. Um, And so, yeah, that's really ultimately how I got started. Uh, and just a little a word to the wise, don't rush that uh, second step. If it's in the cards for you and your wife, if you're interested in that, there's no rush on the kids, my friend. <laughs> yeah. uh, that exactly. does change we're, we're things drastically. Yeah. Uh, take your time. <laughs> we're starting to think, think about that. <laughs> yeah, just think, uh, just think, just think. <laughs> but anyways, I, I'm back on that one point. Uh, I see a lot of filmmakers um, just stressing about the things they can't control. Um, like, I don't have this gear. I don't have access to 10 grand you know what i mean um so make the story you can with the resources you have um and then if it's good enough you never know you know what could happen so yeah absolutely and and that takes us back to the point of like kind of sticking it out make those relationships along the way Mm -hmm. uh because it can evolve like the storytelling the the documentary filmmaking process your journey of making the film evolves as well um Mm -hmm. and things happen and they don't happen when you're sitting there waiting to get started, right? Exactly. All of the same, the, the film I was uh, talking about, all of the little spikes of momentum or whatever that helped get us up that hill. Yeah. They happened deep into the process, like not <laughs> on day one, right? It was day mm-hmm. hundred and then day 420. And then day, I didn't mean to say 420 uh, specifically, but whatever <laughs> day 500. Then, uh, you know, so you have to get going and then things like that can happen. Right. It's just, but exactly. you really do have to start the work. Let me ask you this. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I love that we're still sticking around like someone who wants to do something like this, like a beginner. And we talked about it before we started recording about, Mm-hmm. the things that hold people back if you um if you could go back and do it now like what things logistically speaking would you do to execute like what would you do differently if anything oh man i think i think the more things i look back at that i would have done better logistic uh, i mean in general it's more related to story but mm-hmm. um okay. l- like logistically Oh, okay. I, I can say this. Um, 
<laughs> so when you're planning a, a shoot that spans across multiple days with multiple interviews and stuff, um, to be honest, I got kind of lucky that during that time in North Carolina, that entire week, it was such a blessing, but uh, that entire week, the lighting was just like perfect outside. Um, like it was very overcast, very soft lighting. And you'll mm -hmm. see that throughout the film. Um, but that was honestly kind of by accident because there was sometimes where I'm like, yeah, we definitely should be getting some harsh light right now. Mm -hmm. um, so like going into my next one, it's just making sure like schedule wise, I think we talk about it in art of documentary just called, uh, uh, dang, I just blanked. Um, it's just a scheduling it, essentially where you, um, shoot B roll in the morning. Yeah. I think it's pan pancake scheduling B roll in the morning interview in the late afternoon and then more B-roll towards sunset. Um, I would definitely stick to that strictly, but yeah. This is a personal question, or not personal question, but personal like meaning for me. Um, mm -hmm. The When you kind of introduced a new character with a surfboard, was that, the one, was that one that your dad had made for that person, or did you just choose to kind of identify each family member with a surfboard? <laughs> yeah, it was... So all the surfboards that are in the film that people have those are their boards whether my dad made it for them or not they attained it attained it somehow yeah okay. um and so they have it as their own memory of my dad so yeah, i didn't i didn't necessarily stage anything in the sense of like bringing a board to someone um yeah yeah that was a cool little motif man i really dug that the one shot that got me was when it was uh i think at your sister's house when the mm. board was on the wall like above the kind of mm -hmm. transition to the kitchen or whatever yeah and it's like he's looking over <laughs> and i was like it just yeah I that mean, yeah beautifully that brutal that wrecked me when i actually saw it as you see in the film like so so did you you shot it and then saw it in post or re realize it or did you no so that happened in the moment and that's okay. where uh, i don't want to ruin the film for someone but it's okay. um it's ultimately what we use at the end to kind of it was my realization in that moment that he is still alive you know what i mean um, when I stepped back and got that shot of my sister and stuff. Yeah. It's those little things, man. If you don't start digging like you did, you don't notice it. And I love that part where you're like, it started, it started. Uh, and I don't think this will spoil it. I think this will make people want to see it even more. True. And uh, the, real quick, tell them what the name of it is um, yep. and where they can find it. Yeah. The name of the film is one lost mini found. Um, and you can find it. We actually got a partnership with Film Supply, which is really cool. If you're if you're not a filmmaker, you may not know Film Supply. <laughs> um, but it's our main place I push people is on YouTube. If you just type in One Lost Mini Found, yeah. um, it's on my executive producer's um, uh, YouTube channel there. So Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, I love that part where you were like, it's almost like now he was coming to find me. Like when these kind of organic serendipitous things started happening, but mm -hmm. yeah, that, that, that shot was, was something else. And when you, thank you, I'm a firm believer though, that when you tune into it, you see those things. Right. And it's like, mm -hmm. then you start to really dive into it and we'll get, you know, we can get really, we can hippie out real quick and get real woo woo. But it's like, now you get into the, the part of like, everything is energy and like that energy is out there you know but i think you have to be uh open to it anyway it was just a beautiful moment but also a beautiful moment captured in in the shot and it totally 
<laughs> conveyed like i mean the position the framing all of that it was it was gorgeous so let's let's stay here in this place that that we're on the verge of uh <laughs> of getting emotional yeah right now let's let's drag it down deeper troy um it's okay so, that's been my last year anyway so. buddy i can imagine but i mean it's cathartic i mean you you sought this journey out for a reason and i, and I hope that it is accomplishing your goal that, you know, you set out to, I feel mm -hmm. like that it must be, but that is your journey, my friend. Uh, what did you not anticipate happening to you in this journey mm. that has happened? Yeah. Yeah. I think when I started the film, I didn't realize how much I actually missed my dad. You know what I mean? And so that was really unexpected. Like, um, like there's just a few moments that even there's a few moments off camera that we're, we're, we didn't get of me just like breaking down <laughs> because that was just like, it was very unexpected. Some of the things and emotions that were arising as I listened to people while during interviews or like I, like you'll see in the film saw certain shots. I don't know. Um, and yeah, I think just the, yeah, I think that'd be the one biggest thing I didn't expect is just the emotional toll it'd take. I'd be like, I just thought, yeah, it would be, it's going to be me just discovering who my dad was um, through his friends. It'll be like a nice thing. Um, but I didn't realize ultimately like how it actually make me feel, you know? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, a while back and on the show, I've already mentioned this episode with Steven Pressfield. Um, we talked about, or his latest book talks about, um how we as artists endure pain through the mm. through through the art right and for some people that's uh you know getting full sleeves and you know you know tattooing your body for some people and this is these are his words i'm paraphrasing we blast mm -hmm. our pecs right like the body but like like all these uh expressions of ourselves or images of ourselves that we create are in some way navigating and enduring that that pain yeah. so this has been kind of haunting me this concept because I, I was like when i read it i was like oh my god that's like very true because i have also created <laughs> projects that you know mm -hmm. I, I can see now like looking at it objectively like oh that's probably what i was trying to do there do you yeah. think that's like true do you, i know this is a very vague question i just kind of want to like no. throw it out there and see uh okay you seem like you, can, you see where yeah I'm it's going. definitely not definitely not vague I, okay I think um, it's extremely true. I mean, before, like, I'm, I, I never considered myself like a true artist. And I, I think a lot of filmmakers wouldn't. You know what I mean? I agree. I totally agree. I, I cringe when I hear the word, but I, I totally understand. Yeah, but now after making this, I actually kind of, like, I don't mind calling myself an artist you in are. a weird way. You are. Because, like, ultimately art is just, you know, an ex full expression of yourself um, to get exactly. someone to feel a certain way. Um, and then when I made this film, I'm like, oh, yeah, I totally get how people say this, even though it can come across cheesy sometimes, um, like because the the whole filmmaking process for me is super cathartic, and especially if I'm trying to express something that I have a strong opinion on or just like like a personal journey like this film was. Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah, I can definitely agree with you on that one. It totally and, is. And 
And I think our definition of art needs to change, right? Because I mean, cooking is an art, bodybuilding is an art, building a car is an art, right? Mm -hmm. Landscaping, I'm looking outside of my backyard is an art. Like all of these things are ways that we express ourselves to, yes, uh, maybe move other people, but also to for ourselves, right? To 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 change how we feel or or influence the way we feel about ourselves. And it wasn't until I read that passage, uh, I'll send it to you so you can kind of like, because it was, I think, a kind of a whole chapter dedicated to to that concept. Mm -hmm. uh, and it's funny that you said that, man. I totally have struggled with that <laughs> word artist yeah, my whole life. But it's because we have the wrong definition of it, right? Like we all have some art that we are expressing ourselves through. And there's a there's a reason. There's a reason why. And you 100 percent are. Um, I've been very. into is like such a lame expression <laughs> i've been very focused on i've been very yeah. intrigued by um lately the capturing and sharing of one's life stories right and i do mm. this for a living i i have a client that's a cancer foundation a rare cancer foundation mm. i do a lot of patient-centric stories just 10 minute little documentaries about a day in the life of the or not day in the life but a uh, how this these patients emotionally, psychologically navigate this rare disease, specifically this rare disease, because that gives them other, that gives them other uh, challenges than just cancer. Right. Right. You know, so it's been really interesting and very powerful. And I've also done some for for people that are like kind of like legacy videos like of their lives, like a documentary of mm -hmm. their lives. You're doing the same thing, just kind of retrospectively. Mm -hmm. Um. And it, so it made me think a lot about that. So the question is, why? Well, I guess the first question would be, do you think it's important? And if so, if I can assume that you do, like why or no, I won't say why is it important. What can we learn as people, mm. as sons, as children, as colleagues, peers, as fellow humans, from the sharing of others life story. So you're telling kind of your dad's life story, but you're also telling one of your life stories. Like both of those are probably mm. resonating with people. Yeah. What, you know, from real life, authentic stories. Mm. Yeah. I think um, that's one thing I didn't expect. So I, I think you found me from TikTok, right? Correct. Yeah. So like I was, I started this just, promote my film there, not necessarily in a very salesy marketing way. I'm just sharing my family story and these really short form snippets. Um, and I think of the thing I've learned the most is just like your story, whether, you know, you think it's good or not, quote unquote, um, could bring healing to someone else. Um, even if you don't necessarily, you know, think, like I said, again, it's, has certain qualities that you may you might think it's someone that might think it's weird or something but um the same person who thinks it's weird there's probably there could be 10 other ones who really really need to hear um the things about the things you've gone through so i think that's the biggest thing one of the biggest takeaways i've learned especially from just sharing my story on like social um yeah it's really powerful it's a hundred percent true. And I, I love that you landed there. I mean, for those not watching or listening, my shirt says your story matters. And this is like <laughs> the oldest one of these that I, I made and got, but that's, that's like one of the principles that my business is, is, is built and found, you know, founded upon mm -hmm. you're hundred percent right, man. Like, and 
I love that you you keep coming back to these little like kind of like limiting beliefs that we have. Like, oh, like mm. I, I deal with them all the time. And people are like, oh, who cares about my story? Somebody, somebody out yeah. there does, right? And we do that shit to ourselves so often. We're just like, ah, I haven't really had a life like that's you know much to brag about or that would inspire anybody. It's like you don't know what people are going through. And your mm -hmm. everybody's story has power to it, a hundred percent. And and I fully believe that you know that sharing those are important are important for people. And I love that mm -hmm. you said that. It's like you don't know, you know, you don't know who out there might might need to hear it. Yours is resonating with a lot of people. I did I did find it on, on TikTok, and I have to say, uh, I think that was very wise to 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 use that platform. And you said a very mm. key thing, not in a salesy way. It wasn't like, hey guys, mm. just drop my new film, go watch it on YouTube. You know, films apply. <laughs> like yeah. you just would put scenes out there. Um, mm -hmm. you know, uh, uh, that someone might relate to. And they do. Mm -hmm. That's a perfect way. And you and you are effectively marketing it that way. This goes <laughs> back you. to how we what we do on the show, helping people with, with brand storytelling is like, stop mm. hitting people over the head with sales and just mm -hmm. tell stories about the problems you solve or what you do or the people you serve or whatever. That's mm -hmm. what people care about. And it will do the rest. I think that's like, exactly. Yeah. You don't hit them over the head. People are tired of that. Right. And, and, but you've got something real that, that touches on, you know, a lot of people's journeys and, 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 and their hearts. Mm -hmm. And you don't have to do that. And and because of that, it's actually it's actually working. People are wanting to go see the documentary. That's exactly what, what happened to me. That's why I reached out to you for this. I was like, oh, I want to I, because I knew that or I assumed that this was probably like, a you know, an early, you know, project in your career. I knew mm -hmm. it would be helpful for people. And I knew that you had a journey and a story worth telling just by just by making this right. And it kind of like touches a lot of the. um the points that we talk about on the show, I'm really glad that you were able to spend some time with us. Is there any, yeah. just to stay on the social media, kind of like marketing aspect of it, are there, is there mm. any strategy that you implement for that? Um, mm. Like how do you approach that? I can, I can speak mainly from just like a filmmaker's perspective. If you yeah. have a film, um, you just have to pick something about your film that you feel like can speak to a broader audience that may create some kind of emotion. Does that make sense? Whether that's like, like, wow, like that's really funny or it's like, what the heck, what the hell type of <laughs> emotion yeah, yeah, yeah. or it's like an emotion or it's like an emotional emotion, like kind of what I went for in my um, TikTok videos. Uh, it needs to create like one of those three emotions in someone or else people are just gonna. So yeah, some of the clips that, that I shared that went viral or more of the more emotional ones that like showed someone crying right away. Um, and you have to find that balance as a, as a marketer too. Like there come a point where I didn't want to like exploit my characters like too much. Cause there are some like really deep stuff in some of those interviews. Um, so I would ca be cautious, like what you share. Um, but yeah, anyways, you know, I guess that was my strategy is to share some of the more really authentic stories that went kind of untold in the film. Yeah. Um, and doing that in a way it could be easily consumed within like 10 seconds or less, you know? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Did anybody advise you on that? Or you just kind of had a hunch and a feeling? I kind of, I had a hunch. Um, I knew my film could speak to a wider, like a broader audience. Um, cause I, I do a lot of like consuming of like 
just marketing content in general. I'm kind of like, I really, I really enjoy marketing and stuff. Um, So yeah, it was more just like deploying on the things I've been learning about for the past few years, really. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Do you think that, well, not do you think, did you Mm -hmm. accomplish your goal? You set out with a purpose, with an intention, with an objective while making this film. Do you feel like you accomplished that goal? Yeah, I think I've exceeded it, to be honest. Like, I have a, I'm getting better at this as I mature as a creative and like now business owner and stuff. Um, But sometimes I just put these like limiting beliefs on myself. Um, So like for the film, uh, for example, I was just like, it'd be great to just get into one festival. Um, it's, it's, it was like earlier in my career, even now it's hard for me to sometimes set these like goals that are kind of crazy. Cause I get kind of, I don't know. Um, I don't want to disappoint myself, but I, I quickly found that that's, um, not the best way to live or approach your, um, creative or creative projects. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, just don't limit yourself to what you if you have conviction about the message in the film um and it's the qualities there the stories there um and in my case if the timing is right then if all those things combined it could really you know change your career or change you know yeah i guess your career or business or whatever you're trying to do um yeah so it's definitely exceeded way further than i expected um but ultimately i think it was because I really, I really stressed making the best film possible. Um, if I don't know how much of your, you know, audience is like YouTube listeners, like, I, like I lots kind of, of li- yeah, lots of. yeah, I watch a lot of like, uh, like this people called Colin and Samir and, and just people that talk about, you know, marketing in general. But one thing I did hear that Mr. Beast said, I know he's, he's like a questionable like he has a lot of controversy around him as far as like, is he an actual filmmaker or whatever? Um, but one thing He's I a storyteller. Really, exactly. One thing I really love what he says is just people need to make the best video possible. Um, and it sounds so simple, but going back to what we said earlier, people to shorten that process just to, um, just to get something done. Um, but if you're truly committed to making like the best film you can, um, it can really, you know, pay dividends so absolutely yeah he had a clip that i had used where he was like i don't study the algorithms he was like just i would he was like if i was starting out i would study like pixar and these great Mm -hmm. stories and great films to understand what what resonates with people emotionally uh so yeah he gets it now we're fans of mr beast around here um so speaking (laughs) speaking of goals yeah. Now that now that your approach to goals has shifted and you have these big lofty goals, right? And high ambition. I'm getting there. I'm getting there. <laughs> what's what's next? What are you focused on? What are you excited about coming up? You you know, you you're building up momentum, which is awesome. Mm-hmm. Now you've got eyes and ears watching. <laughs> yeah, next, I that's kinda uh one thing I've been trying to process because it's also like I put that unneeded pressure on myself. Like I almost wish I uh, well, I just want to like make a film like right now and put it out and then just like just to get past that like you know even though I don't have it I don't have a big crazy audience or anything like that but it just it's still more than I had previously right. so I just I, get it. I just feel that pressure a little but um 
yeah, the next thing is really, you know, this uh, probably like five months ago, I like left my full time job to pursue my own video production company. Um, and like releasing a film hasn't led to any like direct video work. I, I never expected it to. Right. Um, yeah. Let's keep it real for the folks out there. <laughs> yeah. Like it won't. Like if, right. you're, if you're betting on that, it's not going to You've got happen. some attention and some great, you know, uh, response. But yeah, you're, you're, you, make, you make a million bucks off of it. Yeah. Like I consider that more my personal brand. Like yeah. like doing stuff like this is, you know Which, I mean? which um, eventually, like we said about the making the film process, it will compound as you go on. Exactly. Like you've started that process. Yeah. Yeah. So anyways, quit my job. So right now I'm just working on like trying to scale my video production company, learning everything about just sales, um, marketing, sales, like mainly sales to try how to package video and um, that kind of thing. And then like, I know that, so that's my main goal. So my business goals are, that's like that's the, a one big of the main task, things, man. Yeah. It's a, a big deal. Yeah, it's just one of the main things I'm focusing on this year. And then this year, you know, I think last year I was kind of um, going into the year. I was like, I want to make four shorts. I ended up making one. But so I had like I had just like, you know, a different viewpoint. But this year I'm like, I want to I just want to make one more short um, and just make it really good again. Um, Like so that's that's the goal for this year just to complete one more film. Just keep making, you know the films i'm passionate about and see what happens i guess (laughs) i'm excited to see i mean before we go i just want to say you had mentioned in the beginning about not knowing like you started missing your dad and not Mm. really realizing that and i just want to touch on that point before we go like Mm -hmm. it's strange how that happens right like you you know you just get caught up in the day-to-day and grief works very mysteriously or you know in a weird way where it's just kind of under the surface and you you, yeah you don't really realize it because you're just you're executing the task you need to do to make it through to the next day Mm -hmm. but yeah there's a gap there regardless of if you acknowledge it or not there's a hole somewhere and so i think it was uh really important for you to explore that Mm-hmm. And it is funny. You also mentioned just kind of like you started surfing more and started conjuring it up a little bit. Like you started kind of in, inadvertently reconnecting with him. And mm-hmm. then it happens when you get older, like you start picking up mannerisms, you know, that were your, your, your dads or your parents <laughs> that you didn't know. Right. And you, you know, totally. it's been a long time, like long time. My dad's been passed away for a long time, but still like these things make their way through these, there's this undeniable connection <laughs> Mm-hmm. that won't be severed right it might be suppressed a little bit yeah. um and i just think that this was such a powerful way to um dig into that and pursue it a little bit and i hope you know that it helps you heal a little bit because it's just it's it's a lifelong process mm-hmm. grief is and so uh totally. it was extremely touching for me uh and many other people out there uh, and I, I i'm really proud of you for doing it for having the success with it but not so much that, but yes to that, obviously, but like really mm-hmm. for the jur- the inner journey of doing it, because uh, I've been there. Uh, I'm there now in another situation and it's just it's tough. It's very, very tough. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm really yeah. proud of you for for like <laughs> that's a significant leap, man. And I hope that uh, I hope that it helps you heal some of that. Thank you. Yeah, I really like what you said there. A uh, key word that stuck out was just acknowledge. And I think Mm -hmm. 
in terms of grief, if I had advice to someone going through something, it's just, you have to acknowledge it and like, just face it head on. Um, Mm -hmm. Because like you said, it's, it's going to come and go, but as long as you don't try to bury it for many years, like I did, (laughs) uh, like, you you know, it's going to surface at some point, you'd rather manage it than have to come to this big realization or regret later on, you know? Mm-hmm. It'll smack you in the face whether you like it or not. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. <laughs> Troy, my friend, I appreciate it, man. Thanks for coming on the show. It was, it was genuinely a, pre- a pleasure, and the film is incredible. Like, it, 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 it's incredible. It really is. Like, the, the story, like what we talked about today, but also the, the cinematography was great. The North Carolina beaches at sunset help. I will give oh, you yeah, that. Oh, yeah, totally. <laughs> uh, also, it was really like the, the dusk scenes with your your, your mom, I think. Uh, out mm-hmm. there. Like, that's not easy to pull off. It looked really good uh, mm-hmm. on this side of the uh, of the lens. So beautiful Thank film you. for everyone out, out there. Uh, go check it out. Also, even though I know you had the surfboard at the beginning, when it landed mm-hmm. on it at the end with the title, like, that was that was really good. <laughs> that got me. That got me good. Thank you. Yeah, no, actually, man. I was I was watching the film this morning just because I haven't I haven't fully watched it in a bit, yeah. um, and just to kind of prep for this, so I was like sharp. But yeah, I was getting emotional at the end. It always, you know, you you made something you're proud of when like even a year later it totally. still gives you chills or whatever. Yep, so that's a good one. when yeah. you when you you know uh, started showing the signatures and the notes written to him i was a mess yeah bro. I yeah i got mess. it right here too I, oh, I put it in the back. oh my god good for you i'm glad you called that out uh, <laughs> i put it in the back for this <laughs> it, it, it was a beautiful story man and it was beautifully done thank Mad you props big respect you should be very proud of yourself and i look forward to so uh <laughs> staying connected with you man seeing what you do next absolutely yeah i've, I've i was binging your uh your content and it's all stuff I'm like, heck yes. This, I know, guy, I know. I've realized great, this through so. the conversation. I really just go off of vibes, man. And so like it was, I knew you'd have an interesting story to tell that would help the people who I help. But mm-hmm. but I picked up on that vibe and it really was, it's been echoed tremendously by this conversation. Mm-hmm. I think there's a lot of alignment. I'm happy. I, I really would like to keep the connection going. If there's anything I can ever do to help, I pledge it to you now. Uh, <laughs> but but hey, it. we've made the connection. So it's on us from here. For sure. All right, man. Have a great day. My name is Rain Bennett. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed that episode, do us a favor and subscribe to the podcast. If you're already a subscriber and you're enjoying the show, give us a review and let us know the value that you've gotten from it. We love to hear from our listeners and learn about the benefits that they're getting from the show. That's what fuels us and that's what fuels the show. And if you've already subscribed and you've already reviewed it and you think there's someone else that would benefit from listening to this show, please, please share it with them. The more we grow, the more we can help you grow. And that's what we're here to do. Join us next time on the Storytelling Lab. This podcast is a Six Second Stories production. Six Second Stories is a story coaching and consulting company that builds online education, in-person and virtual training, and digital products that help businesses master storytelling to find their ideal customers and market to them effectively. You can learn more at sixsecondstories.com and purchase the book Six Second Stories at Amazon, barnesandnoble.com, or rainbennett.com slash sixsecondstories. 
Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.